Welcome to the June edition of the BBRO Beatcast. I'm Francesca Broom, your host and knowledge exchange manager for BBRO. This month we've taken advantage of the lovely May weather and have joined growers and the BBRO team at one of the Beatfield events. Here we are at Beatfield 2022 and this is at the DIS First Field site and I'm pleased to be joined here by Mr Mike May and Dr Simon Bowen. And we're actually going to discuss varieties which I think is a little bit early to be discussing them, isn't it Simon? Well it, it, it is in a way but I think it's a really important point. So what we're talking to growers is about actually this, the process of deciding on varieties, that selection process needs to start now really because the step one is actually actually understanding the varieties they have in the ground, how they're performing. We do lots of trials, we do our RL trials, we have things like our uh, demonstration strips but we do see variety performance is influenced by site, uh, soil type and location and I think Getting growers to actually know where their different varieties are, and I think that's a really important point. Make sure you've got them marked up now, particularly now as they're all through the ground and you can see them, and actually monitoring their performance because you will see some variation. And the things I'm thinking about is how how quick they are, they, how vigorous they are, particularly early on. It's really important in a year like this, we know, to get our crops to 12 leaf stage as quickly as possible. And there may be differences between some of the varieties and the speed they come out of the blocks. So looking at that, and again, at the tail end of the season, how, how, how they perform again for different diseases, and obviously how canopies hold up if you're going for late harvesting as well. So my step one is learn from your variety performance on your farm. I think the second step is is really think about, we have a number of traits now, whether it's uh, AOYPR, BCN, Conviso Smart, and of course the new Partial Tolerant. Think about traits you might want to use. And some of that might actually thinking about, well, through the season. And the one I'm really thinking about is Beatsis Nematode. We've now got five varieties on the RL list and they are good tools to managing a nematode problem, but you need to know you've got a nematode problem. So through the season, particularly in the summer, when often you see the first signs of uh, nematode damage on roots, and that often means sometimes patches of stunted growth, some yellowing, particularly after drought, I would suggest put the spade in, not, don't pull them because you're not the sister. off. Put the spade in, lift, and to see if you can see some of the white uh, females on them will be a good indication that you might have a problem. We think between 20 and 30% of the land has nematodes. And if you perhaps do that, you perhaps want to think about testing, but think about actually selecting a variety for those traits because the important message is using these uh, variety resistance much more effective if you do it when the populations are smaller rather than they get too large. Once we know that there's about 30% of infected fields out there, we don't seem to be selling anywhere near the same amount of BCN-tolerant varieties, do we? No, so there's a mismatch there, and it's a tool, and I think that's a lesson to learn. Actually understand what, what, what you have in your land, because there are tools you can utilise. Yeah. Can, can I just pick up on something you said earlier, Simon, about knowing which varieties you're growing and where you're growing them? Um, certainly when it comes to cereal uh, crops, farmers will know what they're growing but, but are sugar bee growers doing the same do they have a clear idea of what varieties they're growing and how they're performing <laughs> well i think they do rely on memory or they rely on the drill operator and hoping he's written it down there or if they're using a contractor of course they're hoping the contractor knows it there's an element of seed mixing obviously when you change over from one variety but you actually know approximately where your different blocks of different varieties are i think it's we're getting better I think I've, I've been at BBRO for four or five years, but certainly when I came here and I asked that question, people say, I haven't got a clue. So I think it's a, we're winning the war slowly, but I think it's really important because we need to understand how to use these variety traits. Uh, 
But it's actually a bit more than that because it's not just using variety traits. It's understanding how they're going to work on your own soil type, isn't it? So yeah, growers have got to get used to marking them out and going back and just assessing how they're operating. So go on, well, yeah, I know so, you're four points. Yeah, I've got to step three. And I think, again, it's relevant again. Yeah, 2022 is another year with a dry spring. We seem to be running into a, a series of weather, climate, where we get these dry springs. And sometimes the opportunity to go early when the land is dry and you can get a good seed bed, but you're sitting there and I said, I don't because I haven't got a variety which is both bolting resistant, is a shame. So I would say it's quite a good tactical thing is to make sure you have a variety in your mix which will allow you to go early if conditions should come because again that takes a work burden off obviously getting a lot of cropping very quickly when we get some very narrow windows for getting good seed beds so use use the information there's lots of information there around uh, bolting and my fourth one is again really thinking about your harvest date starting to think about how you might refine your variety selection uh, according to harvest date sugar content is an obvious one to look at it ranges across the varieties from six and a half to seven and a half I think Mike isn't it yeah so six, 16 six, 16 oh, no, six and a half yeah so, <laughs> 16 Thank you. <laughs> 16 and a half to uh, 17 and a half, which is quite a range. And we know in years like 2021, when we had a really dull August and we didn't get a lot of sugar production, we all started off at quite low level sh- sugar levels. So make sure, you know, early harvesting, perhaps selecting a variety with a slightly higher sugar level. And then particularly as the season progresses and we get into later harvest dates, thinks about disease susceptibility. Uh, we know we're going to come under pressure from fungicides this year. So we've got to make varieties work for us as well. And all our varieties now have ratings for rust, powdery mildew and sucospora. So select those varieties, particularly if you're going for a later harvest with stronger disease resistances. And also start looking at canopy growth and vigour. Again, if we were standing here in September and looking at these varieties, we would see some big differences between them in terms of the amount of canopy there and how strongly they're growing. Of course, what we want for latest harvest is a nice, strong, vigorous canopy, which obviously allows us to get the light, maxim, maximised life interception into the autumn. So lots of things to consider, which we all turn into kind of, you know, an advantage and improved returns on our crops just by getting the variety choice right. And as you mentioned, we now have quite a few of the foliar diseases on the RL, don't we? We've got rust, powdery mildew and sucospora, and sucospora being the new one. But Mike, uh, when we look at those figures, there isn't a lot of difference in this year. Can you just explain why that is, please? It's all down to how much we get in the RL trials, how much disease is there. We've got some fairly good data on powdery mildew and rust, but the data on Sacospora is relatively low amounts. And so the differences you're not going to see as, as bigger ones as you would with the other diseases. But I think there's a lesson from that. I mean, when you look at the RL, you look at the, you want to look at it early, not when it's too late. So you've got a chance, as Simon says, to go around and look at varieties in fields or trials and ask questions. And I think it's certainly one where more and more information is going to come from other trials as well about Sucospora. And that's where you're going to add to what's on the RL. Yeah, and we're certainly going to be running our Sucospora um, risk forecast again this year. Yeah. And last year it was very successful, but we didn't have a huge amount of Sucospora, thankfully. Um, but there's nothing to say that this year, especially with the sun and the warmth we've been having, that um, we might have those trigger points in this coming summer. Well, history in other countries is that uh, 
it gradually gets worse and worse as time goes on. We're at the moment on the lower end of the scale, but it doesn't take long to move up. So take it seriously. On that positive note, um, <laughs> <laughs> of course, we just want we want the sun. But um, yeah, it, it's something we've all got to watch for. But it's great to see that amongst all of these varieties, we've got a number of new ones that come on board. Perhaps you can just give us a little bit of an overview of the new varieties and what's different about them. Well, we've got a whole range of new varieties. We've got nine new varieties. We've got Arietta KWS, which is a relatively high-yielding variety, and Atina KWS, similar. Then going down in order, you've got BTS 3610, Morgan, Stewart, Tawny, Adder, Button, and then we get the Smart variety 9485. So there's a whole range there. And those two of the new ones, Button and Harrietta KWS, are BCN-tolerant. So, so it's bringing us up. We've got to, the smart variety is from BTS, so that adds to the one that we've got with KWS. We have a number of varieties that are not suitable for early sowing. We've got uh, new, the new ones, Morgan, Tawny and Adder are not. There will also be some others which are not labelled with an X on the, on the list. The breeders themselves would be rather cautious about you sowing them early. So if you're growing, a, for instance, a ALS tolerant variety, at least contact the breeder to make sure if you want to drill it early, whether it's suitable. And I think in many cases they're wary because of the amount of work you have to do if you do get bolters. Simon, is that something we can pick up in the advisory bulletin when the seed orders go out to explain the varieties that we think needs more consideration regarding early we drilling? Well, and sometimes I think Mike makes a really good point. Sometimes go and look at the data sets which shows the, the average over the three years because the RLs are obviously based on averages, but sometimes and there is a variety which actually one year had a really high level and then the breeders quite rightly said, well, do be careful, but we've had two years when it's not been so bad, so it brings the average down. So, you know, it, it might be someone just worth going to those the three years data, isn't it, Mike? It's always worth looking at the three years data for all the traits that you're assessing. And that three-year data is available on the BPRO website alongside the main RL. Um, that's www.bbro.co.uk forward slash sugarbeet varieties. And while we talk about the data, there's also some new BCN varieties, but not much difference between those, is there? We've got five BCN varieties. They all meet the criteria, which is a low PFPI initial final populations and nematodes. Don't expect the newer ones to necessarily be better than the older ones from beat nematode tolerance. And there's other information about those that will be available from BBRO from time to time. So always ask questions about your variety. Yeah, and we've got obviously Barusha is the first one on for the virus yellows for this year. Um, what do you think that's going to do next year? Is it, are we looking at a higher yield on that? Really depends on the virus that comes in. It's certainly... Uh, much, much better on beet mild than it is on some of the other uh, viruses. Uh, just depends on how you treat it as well. But certainly if you're growing that, I would still be treating it for aphids. I wouldn't be leaving that and saying, oh, it's going to be okay. It's not, it's not, it needs treatment. How difficult is it nowadays to manage the RL? Because there's so many varieties coming on, the turnover is very quick. How many varieties do you actually look at? But the actual RL, I mean, last year we we looked at about 15 and we put nine on. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. But I think we're going to see more because you're getting these traits coming in, which we need. Mm. So we will have a bigger RL and you will need help sorting out what you want from that. But I think it's a good point that when we do see a variety with a good trait, 
we have the power, whilst there are rules, but we have a crop committee, we have the power to retain a variety if we think it has a useful trait but might not quite meet the criteria. And I think we have to be prepared to exercise that a little bit more in the future. We've got something which really is useful to growers. It might not just be there quite on yield, but that trait might actually be really useful. Yeah, and that's something we do anyway as well with the crop committee as far as new varieties go. As you've seen it with the smart varieties, they're not as high yielding, but it's a very useful trait. It is worth bearing in mind that before something goes on to the RL, it's been tested for a number of years previous. So it might be new to a grower, but it's actually not new to us and the RL committee, is it? Before they go on to the RL, they will go on to the RL in their third year of testing. And many, many get go by the wayside before that. Mm-hmm. And some of them will be on the European market before we see them. Yeah, That's yeah, true. Yeah. Well, I think we'd better call that a day here at First Field. I can see that your next tour of growers around the site are waiting um, and the refreshment stand looks quite empty, so I might go and grab a cup of tea. Um, thank you both ever so much for your time today. And I just want to remind growers that it's never too early to be thinking about next year's crop. Get out, check your varieties this year and use that information to form your decisions for next. So from the BBRO team and myself... Thank you very much for listening.